All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Burnout Freelancer Podcast. I'm your host, Molly Block, here with my co-host, Latara Dunn. In today's episode, we're diving into one of the most confusing parts of becoming a virtual assistant. How the heck do you set your rates and package offerings? From calculating your true hourly cost to picking price points for your services, pricing your VA business can feel like you are winging it in the early days, and you can feel overwhelmed due to the fear of thinking clients will say you charge too much. As a former burnout VA ourselves, Latara and I remember all too well those early days of slapping random numbers on services and just hoping for the best. Along the way, we learned that strategy does not typically end well. Since then, we have been able to refine our rates and services. And by the end of today's episode, you'll have our tips and recommendations to determine your ideal hourly rate, or if you're going to want to do a retainer fee, how to package up your offerings, and when to reevaluate your pricing. See if you are overcharging or if you should be increasing your prices and how to communicate your rates to your new potential clients. And also if you're going to raise your rates on your current clients. So we cannot wait to talk more about that in detail in today's episode with you. All right, so Molly, let's kick off by talking about what should we do you know should we go with hourly or retainers and then what is a package so could you kind of unpack that a bit this is an important topic because i think when people first start out these different titles can be confusing and so just to give you guys a little outline package rates is going to be something like preset bundles of services at a fixed price so this is something that is a routine offering Say, for instance, general admin, calendar management, email management, scheduling appointments, that's something routine. You're going to do the same thing every month. So that would be a good package for a client. Hourly is you're given tasks, you use a time tracker, what to track all the hours for the tasks, and you bill your clients in whatever billing cycle you have. So whether it's weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, and then retainers is that's when clients are going to pay you upfront a monthly fee for agreed upon tasks ongoing. For the retainers, these are tasks could be something that's, it's not routine. So this could be you building a landing page, an email funnel, things like that. We're going to dive into explaining those a little more and giving you guys some other tips today. Awesome. Okay. So as we talked about in the beginning, I started out at $15 an hour. I do not charge anywhere near that anymore. I would not do anything for $15 an hour because I know my worth and my qualifications now because I've grown over time. My skills have obviously increased. I have more of an expertise in my certain type of space here in the digital marketing world um, when it comes to design and building funnels. However, when I first started, I was offering a lot more random things and tasks, trying to figure out where I really wanted to be, where I wanted to go, and how to grow my skills. So I only charged $15 an hour. However, I quickly realized I should be getting paid more than that. So I upped my hourly rate every three clients until I got to an hourly rate that was high enough, I thought. And and then at a certain point, I felt it was time to move on to retainers. 
So then I started swapping my newer clients onto that retainer model, and I no longer offered the hourly rates. So what I would do is I would send them packages, and I would no longer have those hourly packages on my proposal that I would send to them. Yeah, when I first started, oh my gosh, um, I think one of my first, they did pay me I guess you would say a package rate, but when I broke down the hours, like later on, I think I was getting $8 an hour. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's kind of what I figured out too, Molly. I realized I was actually making way less and I wasn't that good at tacking my time either because remember I was like flopping back and forth from client to client. So I wasn't really, I probably was undercutting myself a lot when it came to how many hours I actually was working. Therefore, I was making that lower amount because I wasn't charging them for the appropriate amount of hours. Yes, I'm the, I'm the same way. I didn't track my hours properly. I was just excited to get jobs and was like, ooh, someone's giving me $200. And again, when I first started, it was literally the beginning of COVID. And I s- started full time and I just took whatever I could. And then later when I looked mm-hmm. at it, I'm like, oh, wow. I worked a lot of hours for no money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It sucked a lot. Um, you know, I use you know, those platforms where you can track your time or whatever. And when I started really paying attention to it, I was just like, no, this isn't going to work. This needs to change. Right. And I didn't factor in all the things that you need to factor in because I just started a background in customer service. I've done it uh, God going on 18 years, which sounds crazy. Um, but like, (laughs) I, I still offer customer service stuff and I do a lot of random stuff. So I don't offer packages as much or retainers as Latara does because I kind of flip flop with my clients. I do a, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But now when I price things, you know, especially if I'm doing general admin, if I'm, being the face of their business with customer service, I do take into consideration in that yeah, you my skills in customer <laughs> service. I'm a bomb ass customer service representative. That's what I know. And, you know, I factor in my expertise and my, my hourly rate reflects that. I, I take into consideration the qualifications that I have. Um, and another thing that I, I'm sure I can speak for Latara as well when I say this, When I first started, I didn't factor in for my business. Right, exactly. Neither did I. I I just started adding on forms that I needed to pay for as I grew, but I didn't take those expenses into consideration. Right, like I was paying for, you know, let's say I, I pay for Canva Pro. I pay for my internet, like for my computer to work. I never factored that in. That never even crossed my mind, you know? And I have literally a folder in my Google um, email that is just for platforms I pay for, for my business, mm-hmm. like to be able to pay for taxes, but to be able to pay for ABCD, I need to factor that into my pricing. Yeah, you do. And, and like we've said in the very beginning, you know, maybe you're listening to this episode and you're just starting out. We have pre uh, episodes like episode one and two, where we talk about how you don't need any money to start out this right 
this journey by work, starting your own business. However, as you grow, you will realize like, hey, I kind of need some expenses because, you know, you got to pay because you're collecting all your money. You're going to owe taxes at the end of the year whenever taxes are due. So you're going to need those expenses anyways, but you still need to make sure that those are being covered. Right. Right. So what about, you know, if we're deciding, okay, I want to start niching down a little bit. I want to have a specialty. So I think I want to start offering some packages, different level types of packages and whatnot. Should I have a set package or should I do an a la carte thing? Is it going to be a monthly retainer? Is it going to be just a project price? What I did when I made the switch is I offered way too many a la carte offerings. I would like send someone, oh my God, it's like you send them everything, which means you send them nothing, right? So I would send too many things. I would say that I could do too many things because I wasn't keeping the value of my worth and my skills. And I just would literally list everything and price it out or whatever. And it became overwhelming. And the client would come back to me and say, I honestly don't know what I should pick. You have a lot on here. Can you suggest a little more in depth as to which one I should pick because I want to work with you, but I I just don't know, you know, and I don't want to pick something that isn't going to cover my needs. Right. So I realized quickly that by offering a bunch of stuff on your guy wasn't helpful. You can always add things on after they start working with you. And I have found that that works really well. Um, It's almost like starting out slow, right? Like you don't need to just go all in all at once. And that will help extend your services with them. So now I only have three offerings and that's it. And it's tiered. So it's a basic level and then mid ground. That's like my most popular. And then I have one that's more higher level work and I have a starting rate for that. And then when we have our call, I figure out, you know, how much more it's going to be, but they know it starts at least at X amount of dollars. And I like that because it doesn't confuse the client. Mm -hmm. And I've definitely noticed that too. I had everything on mine. I had hourly, I had this package, I had that. And people did the same thing. They're like, can you tell me what I need? Mm -hmm. I'm like, wait, this isn't, this isn't right. This is making it harder for my client. I need to narrow it down. But I love what you said, Latara, as far as starting simple, offering only a few packages. Once you've, you know, excelled in the freelance world. And then you can always add things on. Right. Right. Yeah. And something that's cool about the platform, HoneyBooks that I use, is when you send them a proposal, you can actually add in this little upsell. And so when they're going to pay, and it it could be something that you've talked about on your call, but you've now agreed like it's not a part of this package or whatever, you can add a little upsell inside that proposal and they can add it if they want to. And sometimes that works for me and they add it on or they're like, hey, I'm going to keep this in my back pocket because I think maybe in a couple months we could totally tackle that. And so it's kind of previewing they need to make more decisions because they want it to be super simple and easy and not overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. And, um, HoneyBook is a great platform. I mean, I don't personally use it, but the more Latara talks about it, I'm like, maybe I should be it's on there. It's really because- great. It's really great. Get, check out our, check out our link in our show notes. We have a code so you can try it for free and just check it out. It's awesome because you can make 
everything on it and it's super seamless. So it's like you send them the brochure of your offerings, they click what they want, then they can, it's automated. So then they get that invoice and your contract and whatnot. They pay, they sign, and then it automatically asks them to book the onboarding call and then they get their welcome packet email to them. So it's a really simple workflow. And, you know, I'm all about automations because you want to keep your personal life first and foremost. And when you, these things are automated, you don't have to worry about this kind of stuff happening in the middle of bedtime or dinner time. A no brainer. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, check out our link so you can try that out. And then Molly, when, what about when you're first starting out? And I said a little bit, but I would love to hear your thoughts on this. You know, I did start out charging only $15 an hour. How did you go about raising your prices? And did that affect you when it came to attracting more clients? Did you see a decline in bookings when you raised your prices? Surprisingly, I didn't. And I was scared. I I was scared to raise my rates. I was scared to hear a no. I'm like, I'm not, I've said this before, I'm not a confrontational person. So like, especially if someone was a referral, I'm like, oh, I'm going to tell them my price is higher. But It's okay to start out low. Like everyone starts somewhere. But what I did is used my lower rate experience to build my portfolio, grab testimonials, which are super, super helpful when you're trying to land a bigger client so they can see you've helped, you know, your previous clients, current clients. And then as I gained more experience, I raised my rates. Um, I did not reevaluate as often as I should have because I still was learning all the skills and I was just afraid. I, I had the imposter syndrome. I didn't feel confident enough to say I'm charging X amount uh, an hour or I'm going to build this portfolio. Grabbing the experience Mm -hmm. in the beginning was so helpful. And I noticed my confidence grew over time. And as my new client came in, I didn't have the worry of saying, this is my rate. You know, I, I felt confident saying that because I knew the platform they, they wanted me to work on or, um, I felt confident in making the graphics or how that confidence led to me gaining higher level clients. Right. Exactly. And having higher level clients is so incredibly amazing. Yeah. And it's okay if you don't get them right away because you're probably not. You need you need the experience and the knowledge to be able to confidently retain those higher end clients. You know? And so just as a reminder, it's okay to start off low hourly and just gain the experience and ask for testimonials. I've never had a client say to me, like, I'm not giving you one. Everyone's been totally willing to. Yeah. And then you build a portfolio from there. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love it. Yeah. I was super, I was still scared in the beginning when I was raising my rates. So I raised my rates every three clients and because my skills were increasing and I still was nervous. Right. And when that fourth client came along and my rates were a little bit more, <laughs> I'm like, oh God, they're going to say no. Like, oh. And something that I learned from the very beginning very quickly 
is the clients that are willing to invest more money are actually the ones that leave you alone the most. They're, and when I say that, what I mean is they're not as nitpicky. They're not penny pinchers. They're not asking for a million edits. They just want you to solve their problems. It's all they want. They, they don't want to be investing more time and more energy and more of their thought process into what you're doing for them because it's your job to do it, right? Right. And so they're willing to pay more money if you're going to solve their problems for them and you're going to get this work done. And then when they leave you alone, they, they realize that the work gets done quicker. Right. And they save way more time in the end. So I, once I started raising my rates and I was getting those clients that were paying more money, I noticed a huge difference in how those clients made me feel. And like my anxiety and stress level went way down compared to the clients that were paying me less because they were checking in all the time and asking for a million revisions. And, and and I just felt like the value of my work was declining and my worth because it would just never end, you know? And I wasn't, and then when I was making that swap over to those packages and my packages were low at first, they, they were the, my first package was $400 and that really isn't a lot in retrospect. In the end, if we broke it down to like what I was making an hour, I wasn't making anything. I should have just been making them pay me the hourly rate at that point. Right. And um, so I know in the beginning you raised your rates every three clients. So now how often do you reevaluate your packages and retainers? Yeah. So honestly, about every three months, I'm looking at it and I'm seeing how things are going, you know, have I, because also I do a quarterly review with my expenses. So I feel like every three months is a good time because it also reminds me like, Hey, are you now paying for more platforms? Have, are you paying for less platforms? You know, have your expenses increased? Um, how many hours do you have in a day to give to your business? You know what I mean? So I think it's, really great to do it every three months. Like, you know, your rates have been pretty steady for a while just to do like a business business checkup. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, because this industry is always evolving. It's always growing. It's always expanding. New platforms are always coming out and you evaluate and make sure that your even hourly rates are progressing with freelance world and the economy. Yeah, it's true. So you need to really figure it out like, okay, how much are my bills? What do I need to bring in for income to cover these bills and then cover my work expenses? And then how much of a profit will I make off from this? So what is my cushion going to be? And then also you have to remember you need to be saving 30%, which I will say I don't do. I am so bad about that. And for 30% of your income is going to taxes before any of those write-offs are calculated, right? Like you have to pretend you don't even have the write-offs. And so that also leads to like, don't undervalue yourself. You know, if you are super booked out and you just have a wait list going because people keep flocking to you, clearly they can see your work is really good 
But a conversation you need to have with yourself is, well, is it really good? But are you not charging enough? Are they coming to you because your prices are inexpensive to them? So, you know, you don't want to burn yourself out by having this heavy client load because then your work will go down. So are you giving your time enough value? Oh, maybe you do need to raise your rates for that. Yeah. And something we could probably talk an entire episode about is... When you raise your rates, do you raise them with your current clients? Right. Yeah, that's a big one. I I don't have too many people on my old rate, um, but I've just been with them for a while. So I just, I almost like grandfather them in. You, know, you can do whatever you want to do, however it feels to you. If you need to raise your rates with current clients, you know, that's totally a conversation that you can have. And again, we could dive into a whole episode about it, but at the time being, I have not. Have I done it in the past? Yeah, I have. And the conversation scared me, but it ended well because the clients said to me, I, I see your growth. I see your right. value in what you're saying right now. You telling me yeah. charging $5 an hour more. I can see that. But I just, I haven't with the few clients that I have at my old rate. I haven't done it. And I, I don't <laughs> think I'm going to. I think those I'm just like grandfathered in and- Anyone new, I, I, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. So my prices have been pretty solid for a while now. So I'm not as, I don't have to have these conversations anymore, but I did. You don't owe them any explanation. Just like when you walk into a store and a price went up, the store don't call you and say, Hey, we're raising our rates this <laughs> week. Just so you know, FYI, or Hey, we're going to up the gas another $2 tomorrow. Just so you know, when you come out today, fill up now. Like, no, I don't owe them any explanation. My prices are increasing. And I'll say something like my expertise has gone up. You clearly can see how my work has improved from when we first started working together. These are my now my current rates starting next month. This is what your fees are going to be. Right. And that's it. And I did that with a lot of people when I was in that transitional period and almost all of them were totally okay with it. And because they could see what I was doing was helping them. Right. And, you know, and so I always just give them a, I think it's part of like my integrity, giving them that 30 day notice. So if they decide they don't want to continue services with me, if that's not a part of their budget, that then gives me time to fill that space. Exactly. Exactly. And the last thing we want to mention here, and I think it's one of the most important is be confident in your pricing and don't lower your rates just to land a client. I know that can sound a little conflicting from what we said, as far as in the beginning, as a beginner, you're going to start out at lower prices and everything like that. But I think of it as, you know, you've been a freelancer for a little while you're in a lull and you're thinking of lowering your prices just to get clients. Don't do it. So as a summary, you know, in your lulls, it's going to happen as a VA. Don't undervalue yourself. Stick to your, to your rates, stick to your worth and always ask for those testimonials and adjusting your rates as need be, as your skills improve always reevaluate, be conscious of that. And just don't undervalue yourself. Um, because the longer you do this, you're going to grab skills that you didn't even know were possible. <laughs> 
So <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I would have never thought that I would be here today when I first started this. Right. You're going to keep, we're going to keep growing and your packages are going to keep growing as well. So don't undervalue, always be your truth, stick to your rate. Um, and we really hope that our insight in this episode was helpful for you. And as always, please uh, follow us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Thank you for being with us today and on Instagram. Let us know if you have any questions. We'd love to stay connected. So thanks for joining us today. Bye, everyone. Can't wait to talk to you next week. Bye.